Well, what this represents is not anything to do with today's message. This is actually who we are, and maybe you've seen it on the wall. Begin, belong, believe. Uh, I'm going to talk about this a lot more in the near future, but I just wanted to start getting you used to it. And so this is really who the hope is. If you want to call it a mission statement, that's what it is. Uh, today, however, I want to look at what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. Look at your body. No, not like that. The spiritual side, all right? We all have a spiritual side, right? And every church should be spiritual. At least you hope so. If it isn't, if we're operating in the flesh, then I think we're in the wrong place. Uh, however, here's the thing. God has a plan for his church the body of Christ. And it's not a plan for us individually as much as it is for us corporately. We're supposed to accomplish something while we're here. And though he speaks to us individually, typically when stuff gets done, it's, it's more in the sense of the plural, if you will. So as I look at the front row here, you know, I see uh, several people, and you guys represent the body of Christ, as do the rest of us. It's not just the norm show. If it is, again, <laughs> you're in the wrong place. If it's just the pastor that's doing everything, that's saying everything, that's ministering all the time, that's not the body of Christ. Amen. It's all of us together. And today I want to talk about God's orders. And if I had a title up there, that's what it would say. It would say, God's orders. And this kind of goes along with, it doesn't show real well, but that's a go behind that. Uh, I wanted to start out with what my role is as pastor, all right? So if you want to read along with me, you can. Ephesians 4 talks about this, verse 11 and following. Now these are the gifts, and I have a hard time with this because I think less of myself than I probably should. Um, I'm a gift. Your pastor is a gift to you, and, and it's a gift from God. As are the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and the evangelists. I said that out of order, but anyhow. So let's just read it. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility, read that verse 12 with me, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. There it is. That's my role. If I do anything else, then I'm missing it. And I'm not, I'm doing you a disservice. In the early church, they realized they had to delegate a lot of the ministry so that the apostles could focus on preaching the word, getting the good news out, and training up leaders. We need leaders in the church, folks. Amen. Hello? Amen. And this year, you're going to see some wonderful things coming your way that are going to give you that opportunity. If you're not a leader already, you will be by the end of this year. You'll hear more about it. So my role, equip and build up the church. It goes on to say this will continue until we 
all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So maturity is when you begin to look like Jesus. When I begin to look like Jesus. And you can ask yourself on a daily basis, how am I doing? Do I look like him? What would Jesus look like? Just, just throw out some adjectives that might describe him. Love. Kindness. Compassion. compassion gentleness. Patience. patience. You know, you could literally go through the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit. That's who we should be. I'm just saying this from my own perspective. Sometimes when I look at the body of Christ today, what do I see? Do I see love, compassion, kindness? Or do I see biting? Do I see people describing others' sins? You know, we aren't here to fix people. That's God's job. We're here to lead them to the one who can fix them. Jesus Christ. All right? So keep that in mind. Evaluate yourself. Do you look like him? Because that's the only time that you're going to be mature. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. And how many like to be called a child? Now, there are times, well, I'm young at heart. <laughs> that's just because you got silver hair on your head and you're trying to avoid the, the inevitable. You know, when we get older, we don't want to be called a child. We've earned our silver hair or gray hair or whatever color it is after you dyed it. <laughs> not, not pointing fingers. We want people to know we've come of age. We're mature. But Paul's saying this. He's saying, look, too many of you are still like children. And you're tossed around, blown about by every wind of new teaching. Here's the thing. If you don't take the time to study, to get into God's Word, and to pray about that, to meditate on it, then this is you. You're going to be, you're going to be blown around with every wind of doctrine. And just because somebody says Christian doesn't mean it's God's doctrine. And you should be able if you've been in the church for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you should be able to tell the difference. Is there love behind it? Is there kindness behind it? Gentleness? Self-control? Or is it this... Because if that's what it is, it is not from God. And we've got to be super careful not to represent the wrong God. We are the body of Christ. So we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. This applies so deeply to the church today. Get it in your spirit. Pray for discernment. Ask God, Lord, help me to see the ones that are with you and the ones that are not because you ought to be able to tell. Hallelujah. I think that's pretty good preaching. 
as a pastor of this church, it is my goal to see all of you and myself, and I put myself there first. How many know if I don't look like Jesus, I can't really describe him to you? And I've, I've been reading in this master's class over and over and over that the church will only rise to the level of the leader. So I need to really practice this. I want to look like Jesus. Help me. Help me with this, folks. But in the meantime, my goal is to see you also look like Jesus. Not just Pastor Norm, but all of us. And the only way that's going to happen is if each one of us takes, and, and Brother Bill, where, where is he? Brother Bill talked about it today. We have got to invest time into our spiritual lives. What are we doing? And, and it's, listen to this. It, it's not just to pray. It's to get to know our daddy in heaven. Just like Jesus did. He didn't do, Jesus didn't do anything without knowing his father's will. Even when he prayed, he prayed in the Father's name. Glory to God. And we should do the same. But we can only do that if we get to know him. And we can only get to know him if we spend time with him. God doesn't want us just to come and regurgitate a bunch of prayers. He wants to be intimate with you. And that means having your Bible open. You know, because how many know God likes to speak through the Word? But He can also speak to you directly if He chooses to. Through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Each of us must take the time to educate ourselves in the Scriptures, to pray, to seek His, His face. Lord, what is Your will for my life? What do you want to accomplish through me? Understand the plan he has for you. There's an old saying, and I know you've heard it. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I can share God's wisdom with you, but I can't apply it to your life. Only you can do that. And this is what I'm asking you to consider here today. Verse 16 let me do 50 first. <laughs> Oops, there we go. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. See? That's what I'm talking about. Who is the head of his body, the church? How many know Jesus is the preeminent one? Amen. He is the king. He is our shepherd. I'm your under-shepherd, but he is the shepherd. Nobody ever, ever, ever trumps him. Nobody's ever smarter than him. You can't outdo him. You can't outgive him. He's taken that place, but we can look like him, at least to some degree. He makes, and I love this part, this, this is the capstone here. Verse 16, he makes the whole body, say this with me, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. That's not easy to do. How many had a struggle? Don't raise your hand. How many of you had a struggle with your 
somebody in your family today, a spouse, a child, and yet Paul's saying, look, when God puts the body together, he knits it together perfectly. That's not that easy to do, but he can do it. Only he can do it. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Whoo, what? So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of, there's that word, love. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. That's what we should look like. But it only happens, and we, we've got to get this in our spirit today, it only happens when everybody does their part. And I love that word, special work. We all have a special work to do, each one of us. And when you figure that out, God knits you into the body, and the body becomes healthy, and it grows, and it's full of love. Hallelujah. You still with me? I cannot do this alone. You cannot do this alone. But together, we can do so much more than if we isolate ourselves. Truth. How many have ever heard of George C. Marshall? A couple of you. All right. Well, George C. Marshall was a, a statesman, a brilliant man, a politician, and he knew how to work with people. It was said that he helped bring an end to World War II, and then he helped restore Europe through what was called the Marshall Plan. Marshall knew how to work with these people and how to get that work done. And he saw the value in people working together. And this was attributed to him. He said, one man can only do the work of one man. Two men, though, can do the work of four men. And three can do the work of nine. So there's this exponential side to this that when we work together, we can get more done in less time. So three versus nine individual people. And if you've ever tried to move anything heavy, you know what I'm talking about. You could have nine people all trying to move something individually. Those three can come over and move a giant boulder if they work together. And the church should do the same thing. We should be just like that. We should be helping us, each other, to get through the, the issues that we're facing. You should not be going through anything alone if you are. And I'm not, I'm not going to say it's your fault if you are. But I'm going to say we need to work at this. Is that fair? As the church, we should be in each other's business. And I'm, I'm going to get to another passage here in just a minute that talks a little more about this. But we should be in each other's business enough to know somebody's hurting. Enough to know that somebody's missing. And it's a little harder to do amidst the COVID pandemic just because you're like, 
All right, are they here voluntarily? Are they not here voluntarily? They want to stay home and avoid this? Or are they just missing? The body of Christ. When one hurts, we all hurt. But when one rejoices, we all rejoice. Hallelujah. What does this statement that Marshall made mean for the church? We're better together. That was our tagline last year for the Assemblies of God. We're stronger together. When we join together for the glory of God, we can do so much more than when we're alone. And hear this. I think this is why the devil works so hard to divide us. Because if he can get us split up, we aren't as powerful. We aren't as strong. We aren't as wise. Amen? So he works overtime to separate us. To put a a little nugget in somebody's heart that, oh, did you hear what that pastor said? That was directly toward you. He aimed that right at you. I'm not going back to that church. That rascal. Who's doing that? The devil. He's trying to divide because he knows if he can get our people on the fringes, he can take them out easier. But if we're huddled together and we're all facing out with our backs together, that devil can't do much of anything. Truth. The unity of the body of Christ is the fuel that lends to our growth and our maturity. So if you want to see this church grow and be mature, it takes us coming together. Lord Jesus Christ is our perfect example. He's our pattern for this. You know, if you remember, he he chose three men to be intimate with, right? And then he chose 12 that he could pour into over a three-year period he, he chose them to be his leaders. And then he chose 70 or 72, depending on which version you look at, to go out and to evangelize. He started with three, then 12, then 72. And what happened? The world was turned upside down burning with the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that took planning. That took Jesus bringing those men and women together. And there were women there also. But typically, uh, in the New Testament, we only hear of the men. The result was that the good news of the Messiah and His kingdom spread like wildfire. The Hope Church is working on a plan to reach outside of our walls. Is that okay? I love seeing these tan walls. But the real world is out there. The hurting are out there. The sinners are out there. The unlovables are out there. We've got to reach them with the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ.
And that brings me back to what I wanted to share with you today. We are the body of Christ, and the Lord wants to use his church, the people of the hope, in this way. And just like he commissioned the 12 and then the 72, he commissions us today. Can you say amen? Amen. Yes, we can do this alone, but we won't be as effective as we would if we were to come together and do this in unity of the body. We are more powerful, more tenacious. We can do life better. We are better equipped. We are a true force to be reckoned with when we do this together. We are more powerful when we do life together. Now I wanted to look at the orders that God gave us. And, and I, I, this just came up to me. The geo, God's orders. Go. God's orders. Go. Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what Jesus commissioned his followers to do. His church. God's orders. Go and make disciples, teaching them everything that I've taught you. Which is what? The Bible. That's what we need to do. We need to instruct our new disciples in the finer art of reading the Bible. Praying. Sharing. The bigger part of our message, this good news that I keep referring to, relies on getting people to a place where they get to know our Lord and Savior Jesus. And this this is where it gets touchy because we are the body of Christ. Say that. We are the body of Christ. Say it again. We are the body of Christ. So if people watch us, what do they see? What do they see? Do they see that loving nature? Do they see an invitation to come follow me? Or do we run them off? Are we effective or are we ineffective? And and I'm only asking you this today. What should we be? Inviting? Loving? Caring? Revealing? People don't need to see how pious we are, how how awesome and amazingly spiritual we are. They, They see that enough everywhere else. What should they see in us? Honesty? Telling the truth in love? Revealing who you really are. Hey, I struggle with that, man. I'm not perfect, but it's under the blood. (laughs) Right? I'm not forgiven because of how good I am. I'm forgiven by the grace of our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Last scripture I wanted to read here. Romans 8 is the bigger part of this message that you and I have to share. We need to get people to that place where they see how much God loves them. You know, that John 3.16 thing. And the Apostle Paul, he started out and he said this. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. So this is what I'm talking about. Each of us should be sharing this message right here. And he goes into a little bit more detail in verses 9 and 10. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you've been here on a Sunday morning at the end of the service, you know I preach this a lot. I quote this a lot. This is what I try to get people to, to, to do with their own life is to confess Jesus is Lord. In verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Everybody needs to hear this. There's no other way to heaven but through Jesus and his blood. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Verse 13, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, Jew, Gentile, Hmm. That's good news. That's our message. We are supposed to introduce people to Jesus. And then it's up to them to finally call on Him as their Savior. Now let's read the rest of the story. And this is where the church comes in. All right, This is where I'm going today. According to the Apostle Paul, verses 14 and following. How can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in him. How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You guys are awful quiet. Because you know where I'm going. How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Look at them beauties. <laughs> you have beautiful feet too if you're a bearer of good news. Not judgmental news. Not pious news. Good news. And the good news is God wants all men to be saved. All women to be saved. All boys and girls to be saved. And he provided a way where there was no other way, through his son Jesus, that those who believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. 
And those who put their trust in him will never be put to shame. That's our message. That's what you and I are supposed to do with these lives that he's given us. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So when you share the good news, you're not always going to get a warm, fuzzy reception. In fact, sometimes it might be contrary to a warm, fuzzy reception. They might tell you, in uncertain terms, where to go. I did that before I knew Jesus, the man that tried to reach me. I, I, I think I did it more than once. Told him to leave me alone. In so many words. But after I got to know Jesus, <laughs> I thanked him. I prayed with that man many times after. We studied the word together. God knit us together. Mm. Hallelujah. Pastor Barb, are you here? Pastor Barb. Pastor Barb. So we have this cool new thing that we want to do. We do, we do, we do. What's it called? But before we get this, I just want to preface oh, that, you know, we do as our leader does. You don't want to see him before coffee in the morning. He's a whole different person. <laughs> you're an awesome leader I don't know what coffee. you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just couldn't resist. Yeah, thanks for throwing me under the bus. <laughs> In the car, in the semi, and the... but I love you. I love you too. And and just to say, if you ever want somebody to paint your house, oh please, I'm terrible. It's probably not, Help Pastor me. Barb. <laughs> For the last day, I've been I, watching her. If you want to see what color I'm painting, I can show you. <laughs> However, it's hers. She's owned it. So. I said, whatever. If that's yeah, what you yeah. He do. told me last night. Well, if you'd asked me to help, I would have. But I thought you wanted to do it by yourself. I'm like, no. <laughs> I helped you a little bit. But oh, you know you've what he did? Most of it. Okay, this is what an awesome guy he is. I was trying to paint all. Day. It took me all day to do two walls. Okay, just sharing. I'm not good at it. But he was so sweet. He went out and got steaks and made dinner for me because I was working so hard. Isn't that cool? Meant a lot. It was really good, too. So I'm going to have to paint some more plus walls. I was really, <laughs> plus, I was really hungry. Yeah. Well, anyway, about three or four months ago, I was praying, and I was thinking about, you know, from the last year with COVID, how, how hard the nurses and the doctors work, but you heard a lot about that on the television, you know, how we need to just, these essential workers are, they're doing so well, and we just want to thank them. And then I started thinking, you know, what about the employees at Walmart, Myers, the gas station, that didn't get the chance to go on unemployment, didn't get the chance, they worked through it, and I can guarantee you those employees got a lot of nastiness from people in the stores, but they stuck through it. They were there. They didn't stop working. 
they didn't get out some of the benefits that some of the other ones did that didn't work. And you know, I thought, God, how, what can we do for them? They were important, essential workers that kind of, I think, kind of went under the radar. And as I was praying about it, the Lord said, be the blessing. What? Be the blessing. And I thought, how can we do that? Well, we had these little cards made up, and they're for each and every one of you. And I know some of you, it's hard for you to go up and talk to people at stores and employees and say, thank you so much for everything you've done for us. So we made these little cards so you can say thank you. You can hand them a card, and on it it says thank you from the Hope. And on the back it says we're praying for you. Contact us at GaylordChurch.com for specific prayer requests. So... When you're in the stores, when you're at the gas stations, if you just feel that nudge from God, and when you feel that nudge, you go ahead and do it anyway, whether you want to or not. Because <laughs> I can guarantee you, you're going to have a million excuses of why you shouldn't do it. But you're going to give them this card and say, I just want to say thank you and let you know we're praying for you. Wow. We, we, we thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you. That's and cool. if you want to, you can even put a little gift card to it. Pastor Norm went out yesterday and got bath. Just, and, and listen, you don't have to do don't this part. You don't have to. But I just went out and I thought, you know what? Just to give it a little extra oomph, $10 to Jay's and uh, Bath and Body. So I'll, I'll give this one to the men and, and this one to the women. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said this earlier because I didn't want to sound too sexist. And one of the guys goes, I'd take a bath and body. I like their bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also know women that would really like the Jay's car. So I don't want the Jay's whatever. car. <laughs> However, you, what you need to do is pray and ask the yes. Lord, which one do I give them if, yeah. if you have a choice? But don't feel that you have to do this. No. This is just... I just want to, and, and I'm, I'm probably not going to give the extra to everybody. All right? I'll, I'll be led by the Spirit. You can do that, right? Be led of the Spirit. Say, Lord, how do you want me to do this? And in just a minute, we're going to pray over these before That's we right. give them to you. This is just the but, beginning. We're calling it Be the Blessing Ministry. This is just the beginning. We're starting out with this. So, and it's for all of you to get out there, get into the community, that you know, maybe when someone's hurting and they have this little card, they go, hey, they care. I wish I'd had it yesterday because <laughs> there were two people that I, I could tell they were hurting. And I just think it would have really built up their day. Uh, yeah. 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 But we've got something we want to show you, and then we're going to come back and we're going to pray over these. And, and this, somebody in our church uh, did this on video, so it's, it, it's, well, we'll just let you watch it. Go ahead. Take it away, Fern Doc. Roll them, Fern Doc. So we have these up here, and the reason that we brought them out was so that we could pray over them. And, and here's what I'm going to ask. You, you can take five or ten if you want to do that, um, however many you feel led to do. And if we run out, we'll get more. They're, they're at the, we have them in the uh, guest service desk also. So. Right. So I, I don't know how many to take. What? I just want you to hold them. Is that okay? I got them. I got them. Is it heavy? Oh, no, not 
Oh, I forgot. You've been painting for two days. Here, I'll hold them. No, I got them. I'll hold them. I'll hold them. All right. I just didn't want you to hurt yourself because you've got more painting to do. All right. So, would you stand with us? And just to extend a hand uh, toward these, and, and listen, I started to say this, please, before you hand these out, just say, Lord, just bless this little card and minister through it. And I know in the, in the New Testament, they would often take little uh, pieces of cloth and they'd pray over them, and they would use them to bring healing to people. And I believe God can use material things like this. So be the blessing, all right? Would you pray with us? Heavenly Father, we are just deeply indebted for all that you've done for us, Lord, and what the blood of Jesus has purchased for us. You've cleansed us of our sins. You've made us right with you, Lord, so we're in right standing with you. Now we have a relationship with you that we couldn't have had before, and all because of Jesus. And Lord, once Jesus ascended into heaven and was seated at the right hand, you sent us the Holy Spirit, and he's here today. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would anoint these cards yes. in Jesus' name. And Lord, that you would help us to be a blessing to our community, to those in the front lines, Lord, as you see fit. Put it on our hearts, Lord. Remind us that we have these little cards in our pockets, in our wallets, in our purses, and help us to know who to give them to. And may they change, Lord, somebody's life. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Now help us to be the love of Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. You're going to hand them out like a... Yeah, it's going to give them to Cheryl. So that's it. Woo-hoo. I'm just going to end there. We'll do a final prayer, and uh, we'll release you. But make sure, we didn't say this, but make sure you've had your coffee (laughs) before you, before you, don't go up to somebody, thank you for serving. Don't scare them. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, thank you again for this opportunity to to, uh, go out and be a blessing. And now I just pray, Lord, you would uh, just Watch over each of us, Lord. Bless us, show favor on us, Lord. We, we pray that you would uh, help us to find new jobs if we need new jobs. Lord, help us to prosper so that your kingdom can prosper. And where we are, Lord, wherever we work, wherever we find ourselves, we pray that that influence, Lord, would be all around us and that people would sense a, a blessing because of us. We are the body of Christ, Lord, and as we go out of here today, May we take you with us. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. Keep us safe in our coming and going. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. Oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. Sorry. Next Sunday, I want to hear testimonies. All right? Of how God moved through these cards. So, that. See you next week.